Hey everybody, welcome. Yes, this is the Crunchy Mama podcast. I'm so glad to have you here joining me today. My name is Rosalie and I live in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I was inspired to share through this podcast my perspective on parenting in a more natural way. I've chosen to go against the grain and instead base my decisions on what intuitively feels right and the information I've gathered from researching all sides. This is what I will share with you here on a full range of parenting topics, so enjoy! Kia ora koutou, how is everybody doing today? Uh, Finn and I have just been to a visit this morning to a playgroup and we had such a nice experience. I feel like I'm still, still have the glow and the buzz from just being in such a nurturing space. So we went to visit the Rudolf Steiner School Playgroup, the one out in Tatarangi here in um, Tamaki Makoto. And um, one of my friends has been going there for a while and she she recommended it. And since lockdown, um, I kind of, or like during lockdown, I noticed just that Fern had such limited resources to play with. And while on the one hand, I love that because like for starters everything is a toy to her like she just finds the fun and the magic and just every everyday items in our house um, and can occupy herself with almost anything it's amazing but I was thinking back to when we went to play center for a little bit um, when Finn was a lot younger and I was just thinking about all the amazing setup and resources they have there and how much she would enjoy that now like I was picturing the sandpit and the water play and the crafts and the access to the the dolls and the wooden blocks and everything and I was like after lockdown I'm gonna try and seek out something like that for Fern so I thought about play center again but just the work load for the parent that comes with it I just I just felt like I didn't have the time and energy for um and so yeah when I heard about um especially, you know, being the Steiner, a more alternative approach and that it was a playgroup where the parent still goes along and stays, but there's a teacher as well. I was like, that sounds really great. So yeah, we went and checked out this morning and it was absolutely lovely. There was a little bit of structure, but also freedom within the structure and just a beautiful little group. And yeah, it was so nice. So really, yeah, like I said, just feeling so filled up from that experience and firm fell asleep on the drive home, which means yay, it's a record this podcast. So here we are. Now I wanted to share a little update on, I'm going to be doing this one a bit differently. I was having a conversation with my lovely friend Gabby the other day and she suggested to me, she said, have you ever thought about making your podcast a little bit shorter? (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, like I've thought about it before, but I've just always got so much to say. And I was kind of like, can't you just, you know, you just stop it when you stop and you just go back and listen to the rest later. Um, But yeah, we talked about it a bit more and I left and it was, you know, it kept like going on my mind. And the more I thought about it, the more the idea grew on me. And if Dylan ever listens to this podcast, he's just going to be like, are you kidding me? Because he <laughs> suggested this to me a bunch of times. Like sometimes I'll be like, I'll be to him. Um, I'll say like, oh, I hope baby just recorded this episode, but it's so long. I don't know like whether I should put it out. And he would recommend, oh, just like chop it into two parts and release it like, you know, as part one and part two. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to like keep it all together as one. But um. What really clicked for me 
when I was talking about it with Gabby is what like the first thing that jumped into my mind was like oh my gosh I could I could release episodes more frequently than like every two or three months, whatever crazy amount of time it is at the moment. Because, um, yeah, like say at the moment, I've got like most of the prep done for this episode, but there's a few little details to finish off, but I've at least got the first few chunks. And so that's my plan for today is to just record the first part of this episode, which is going to be um, on natural health and wellness and I'll just put them out in a few different episodes. But what I like, I think I struggle a little bit with is like not having the control over it, you know, of which ones people listen to. And but the reason I'm going to be doing it is like part one, part two, part three is that from my perspective, it is important that you listen to all of them because like what I'm going to talk about in this first one is about mindset. And if you just skip to the one later on, that's about vaccines or that's about homeopathy or or support or whatever it's like you you need the whole picture or that's that's what I believe and and the message I want to get across so yeah I would encourage you um to listen to all of them if you can but yeah as well it just made sense that like my audience are mostly super busy mums right and so nobody's got time to sit down and listen to you know an hour plus long podcast these days um so yeah I that idea just really appealed to me. So thank you, Gabby. I know that you'll listen to this. <laughs> um, yeah, and but yeah, if if um, if there's any feedback on, if you have any feedback on this, sorry, I should say, please feel free to send it through. I'd love to hear if you think this works better for you or not. So yeah, we'll give it a go. So for starters, I like don't even know how or when or why I became interested in this like more natural way of living and specifically today we'll talk about natural health. Um, My family is very conventional. My mum is even a trained nurse and and that's that's her her job. Um, So it wasn't like I was really brought up with these these ways of thinking and doing things but there must have been an influence somewhere because somehow I grew up believing in just like a more natural perspective of treating illness or imbalances in my body and I think potentially part of it is the journey that I've had with health I haven't had um, anything really serious but I was just one of those classic kids who had asthma eczema and hay fever and they often seem to be combined all of those. So basically for as long as I can remember, I have been like on a daily, twice a day preventative asthma inhaler. And I would also take a nose spray twice a day. And when I was on those, that kept everything under control. Um, my, my eczema would kind of come and go. It would flare up and be bad for months at a time and then might disappear for a few months. And yeah, it was always... I was never quite able to make a correlation with what brought it on off and it's stress or it's what you're eating or um, yeah there's a bunch of things but it's been so cool to see that without even like specifically trying just through my journey of going plant-based and then going moving into more of a whole foods plant-based diet um I've been able to get off all of my asthma medication and my hay fever medication so I now don't take anything day to day I still have my like Brickinol asthma inhaler for um sometimes if like if I get a cold or something my asthma flares up a little bit there's the odd time I need to take it but 
yeah, so I've I've really enjoyed that journey and seeing the benefits of of supporting my body to do things naturally. And one of the big things that made a difference, especially with my asthma, because I tried so many times to get off both of these, the asthma inhaler and the nose spray. And um, with, yeah, just so many times. But in the end, what helped with this, what supported my body and helping with the asthma was um, actually some rungoa, which is our Māori medicinal medicine, um, which I'll be talking about in a later episode. Um, Dylan is quite knowledgeable in this area and I've learned a lot through him and, and my own research and just like trial and error with it basically. But um, there is one of our native plants is called kumaraho and it's well known to work with your lungs and with respiratory um, yeah, with respiratory things and Dylan had heard of somebody who same thing had been able to get fully not like healed asthma but you know like to mainly get rid of it by using kumaraho and so um, I just boil it up make a wairako and I would have that morning and night um, I can't remember how long I did it for quite a while and that was the perfect support to get me through that transition of coming off the medication and now I don't need to take that regularly maybe um, if it flares back up a little bit again I'll take it for a little while but usually it's absolutely fine so yeah that was such a treat for me to have that experience getting off the nose spray was a little bit crazy in a way it, it made me like quite sick coming off it for a while there was I found out, I think it was called a corticosteroid, some type of steroid in it that my body had been so used to relying on. So it took my body a long time to be able to um, to produce that myself again. So yeah, I've been, been on a beautiful little journey with that, but feeling healthier than ever in terms of those things. Um, yeah, so I think that has inspired me and I just, I just love looking into this stuff. Like whenever I get sick or Fern's got a little something, I, my first instinct is always to, you know, Google a natural remedy or look up in one of my books or whatever. So yeah, that's been my journey with it. And I just really believe that our bodies are amazing and that they know exactly what to do to heal themselves if we simply provide them with the circumstances to do so. For example, if we actually stop and slow down and rest when we're sick, or if we cut out all the junk food and eat super clean whole foods, or when we support with high dosage vitamin C or homeopathy. Um, Yeah, and... I also believe that the way modern day medicine often operates in terms of giving mostly like toxic medication to treat symptoms that a patient has, but not the actual cause, that that just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just like, you know, that term of putting a bandaid on it rather than fixing the actual problem. And of course, in emergencies, modern medicine is amazing. And I'm so grateful for the people who have that training and knowledge and I for sure would never turn that down if <laughs> if it was an emergency. But I think with a, a like a lot of the time that that system doesn't work and you can see the effects of this by how many of our parents generation are ending up with cancer or arthritis or other autoimmune diseases. And from the research I've done I I truly believe that a lot of these are preventable and are in fact lifestyle diseases. So from what we're eating, the jobs we're working and our, our sedentary lifestyle and lack of connection and community and 
being outside and you know all these things like I said it's the bigger picture but so in order to prevent this my goal with Fern is to teach her right from now from when she was starting the day she was born I wanted my goal is just to teach her how to live a healthy life um, so that it just it just is the way she lives it doesn't have to be something that she figures out later on so what I wanted to discuss today, like the topic of this first part of the podcast, is going to be all about mindset. And this, I think, is really important to, to get this straight first. So firstly, I think it's important to believe and trust in your child's body or your own body that they're strong and know how to heal. If you don't have that and you're just kind of like half-hearted and like, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work, it's not going to work, you know. It's that thing about like putting just your full commitment and energy into believing and trusting. And what you can do is to help um, to help build that belief and that trust is to celebrate fast and effective healing with your children when it happens so that they can see how their amazing bodies do heal themselves. So it's a really good way to highlight it um, and to instill that in both of you. It's also really important to understand the risks involved when choosing this pathway. I can't make this podcast and not touch on this, right? Like, for sure, you're going down the non the non-conventional pathway when you do things like this, when we ignore modern medicine and things that are so ingrained in our country and in our government, for example, like the vaccination schedule. And yeah, like I said, there are risks involved. Your child, if you choose to do things similar to the way I have done, your child is going to catch some of these um, common childhood illnesses. And my belief and why I choose to do things this way is if, if you have all this knowledge and experience and understanding and you're um, building that healthy lifestyle into your child, they will absolutely be healthy enough to get through that illness and come out better for it on the other side Um, and also if you have that knowledge and the time to to nurse them through it but yeah there's of course always the potential for things to go wrong for complications to happen so yeah for sure be aware of that and don't just take my word for it you know don't (laughs) don't believe everything I say in this podcast of course I do my best to make sure that I'm I'm passing on um, yeah, as best I can what I know, but you guys know what it's like these days. It's so hard. There's so much information out there and it's just like, what on earth are we meant to believe? And yeah, usually what I do is I do a whole bunch of reading. I read things um, from people who are in the more natural world and whose opinion like I think I usually would usually resonate with more but I also make an effort to read stuff from the other side as well and make sure you know I'm getting that balance of both the sides and making that decision that resonates best with me so yeah do your research make an informed decision that's the key here Um, and then fully commit to that because if you choose this path when your baby or your child is suffering and in the middle of one of these illnesses you need to be confident that you're doing the right thing or honestly the stress just will eat away at you and yeah it'll be really hard to make decisions and and to be that supportive person that they need you to be another thing I wanted to touch on is don't feel like you have to have all the answers 
Um, I know that often I will get into conversations around things about natural health and someone will ask me a question and I'll be like, oh, I have no idea or I hadn't thought about that or I hadn't thought about doing it that way. And I would sometimes get really embarrassed by that and be like, oh shoot, like should I be doing this? I don't even, I don't even have all the answers. But conversations around natural health and, you know, especially things like vaccinations can be very challenging and very confrontational and a subject that a lot of people don't like to talk about. And I for sure am one of them. I'm very careful about not suggesting you know, not pushing my thoughts on other people. And yeah, it's very rare that I would get into a conversation about vaccinations unless somebody like specifically asked me about them. Um, but yeah, basically it's just, it's okay to admit that you don't have all the answers because, you know, the stuff that used to be common knowledge, um, you know, things like how to how to nurse your child at home and just all those you know those little like kind of like old wives tales about putting an onion on your ear or in your sock or I don't know there's one of the, one of those um just things to to help with common illnesses and and injuries that it's just not passed on these days and I think it's such a shame and such valuable information that we're missing but so when becoming a parent there's already this overwhelming amount of stuff that you need to learn like so much and then yeah this topic as well is huge in itself so don't feel like you have to have all the answers next I just wanted to say that if you choose this path that you need to be prepared to put the time and effort when you're the time and effort in when your baby or child gets sick and this is not easy, you guys. And especially if, like, you then go on to catch the illness yourself. Then that's just like, oh, my goodness. But, um, yeah, Fern has experienced one of these common illnesses, which is pertussis or whooping cough, which I will um, share more about our experience in one of the following parts to this episode. But my general memory from the whole experience was just, it was so tough being her caregiver during that time and and now that we threw that and out the other side I know that that will help me and the next time she has something it will be much easier but yeah especially that first time it's hard um and basically sick kids don't fit into busy parents lives you know you can't if you've got a full-time proper job you can't just take you know the two weeks plus off that you off work that you would need to properly nurse your kids you know something like pertussis is um, contagious and so we had to be like in, in lockdown basically at home until until that time had passed um, yeah and so this is like one of the reasons I think that maybe vaccines are so appealing to a lot of people is that they don't have that time um, whereas for me I just see that as just being a massive part of my role as Fern's mom and just in general I yeah I just I I like to prioritize her and take that time and make sure that I can be there for her when things like that happen and and that's you know why I'm not why I'm choosing to not work I just work one day a week which is a really nice balance at the moment the last point I just wanted to make was to change from seeing illness as a bad thing 
And this is one that I'm still working on. Whenever I get a cold or, you know, anything, I'm just like, oh, this is such a pain. Like my body's not healthy. It's not doing its thing. But actually, this is your body doing exactly its job. It's producing symptoms. For example, your runny nose and your cough and your headache or whatever to get rid of whatever is affecting your body. And and there's a really good example of this that I want to read to you from a book. And I'm going to be referring to this book quite a bit through these episodes. It's called The Nourishing Traditions Book of Baby and Child Care. And it's by Sally Fallon Morrill and Thomas S. Cohen, MD. And I was given this book before Fern was born, but it's one that I actually, I didn't touch it in pregnancy or in the early days. I've just come across it later on, like, just kind of re-found it and discovered all the gems in it. It's it's amazing. I resonate with it so much, except for the fact that it's very, very heavy on suggesting meat and dairy and bone broths and organs and and whatnot, which obviously as a plant-based family, um, we choose not to follow. But yeah, the rest of, of the way that they talk about illness and and the remedies they suggest, um, I really resonate with. And yeah, I have found this book to be amazingly helpful and full of, you know, the information that I said isn't passed on these days. I feel like it's in this book. <laughs> so yes. Okay, so I'm just going to read a little passage from it. The job of a doctor is, or should be, to distinguish between the therapy and the disease and never mistake the one for the other. By way of illustration, imagine that you get a splinter in your finger and can't remove it. After a while, pus will form around the splinter. The decision on what to do next depends on whether you believe the pus is the disease or the therapy. In medical school, we learn that pus is caused by certain bacteria, which have certain properties and which can be killed by certain antibiotics. Medical students learn that infections are bad and need to be suppressed. However, it is obvious from our example that the pus is actually a response our body makes to rid itself of an invader, in this case the splinter. Gradually the pus will push the splinter out. The pus is the therapy, not the disease. The respective courses of action required, depending on whether you believe the pus is the disease or the therapy, will lead to different outcomes. If you subscribe to the pus is bad theory and use antibiotics, then the outcome will be repeated attempts by your body to clear the splinter, repeated episodes of pus, until the pus either gets the splinter out or your body gets tired of the thwarted attempts and encapsulates the splinter in a cyst or tumour. If, however, we see the pus as a therapeutic attempt by the wisdom of the body to remove the splinter, then we do not suppress it, but guide it towards getting the splinter out, restoring the health of the finger and restoring the patient to a state of optimal well-being, at least with regard to the splinter. These philosophical choices have huge consequences, consequences that may affect your child for their entire lifetime. This pus splinter dynamic plays itself out many times every day in every doctor's office in the civilized world. And I just thought that was the perfect example and description of how the way we often view our body's responses or illnesses or sickness as we know it is actually the body doing exactly what it needs to Um, and for sure sometimes it needs some extra support and there are things we can do you know we don't all live a perfect lifestyle with earth growing straight from the 
oh sorry <laughs> with food grown straight from our beautiful earth and you know the soil is definitely not what it used to be um yeah so I believe we do need to assist our body in this current day and age but to also believe and trust in its natural processing yeah just I would really encourage you to try next time something happens to you to try change that mindset and instead see and focus on on the amazing things your body is doing the healing it's doing by itself Okay, I think I'm going to leave it there for today. Um, In the next episode, I will talk about prevention because I think before you talk about treating and helping these um, with these natural ways that the most important thing and that modern day medicine often misses is the prevention. Um, So I'll be talking about that and then I will go into those different ways to naturally support, um, to support our bodies or your children's bodies when they are out of balance. And we will continue this conversation soon. Thanks for listening. If you want to see more of my content or get in touch, check out my Instagram at crunchymama, that's M-A-M-A, or visit my website, www.crunchymamapodcast.com. Thanks for listening.